What if someone you lost who had died returned? This episode of AfterBuzz TV is brought to you by the powerful and riveting new drama, Resurrection. You won't be able to stop watching or talking about it. Resurrection premiering on Sunday night, March 9th at 9, 8 central, only on ABC. You're not Mr. Langston, did your son go missing, sir? I haven't. He's okay. My son died 32 years ago. What if someone you lost returned? Daddy! Ah. Honey, who is it? The television series event begins. You're not the only one. There's others. Resurrection. Series premieres Sunday, March 9th on ABC. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web. And your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Helix After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Helix After Show. Hey there, Helix fans. Oh, yeah. It's such it's such a great song. I mean, how can we not boogie? Uh, everybody, it's the Helix After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. We're so happy to be doing it. We got season one, episode eight, Bloodline. I am Matt Lieberman. Joining me on the panel, as always, of course, fantastic Miss Liz Rishmaui. Hey everyone, Mr. Zach Wilson. Thank you for tuning in. Stephen Lemieux on the ones and twos. Hey guys, how's it going? Yeah, and then we have a very special guest today. Mr. Neil Napier is here. Yay! He plays Dr. Peter Farragut on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, uh, so glad you could do the show. Now, folks at home, uh, I know we said uh, last week in the last episode we would be doing a taping with Mark Ganame on Friday. Unfortunately, scheduling shifted <laughs> because Neil killed him. Um, thankfully, though, uh, he came back to life, and we're going to be speaking with him on Wednesday. So. Uh, Pay attention to that. I don't know what you did wrong, man. Maybe he's one of the silver eyes. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, uh, Maybe I just we'll infected him. Yeah. Theories are afoot. Theories abound. So, uh, so we apologize for that inconvenience, but we're going to be talking to him uh, on Wednesday, talking to Neil today. But first, I just want to throw it over to some great folks in the booth. I think we got we got Dario and Marissa in the booth talking about a great new show coming to ABC. Hey, AfterBuzz fans. Before we continue with tonight's After Shows, we want to talk to you about a new show on ABC called Resurrection. It has a really interesting premise to it, actually. What if someone you lost who had died appeared on your doorstep? Like a grandfather, a mother, a father, anyone you had lost had died. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't that really completely freak you out? Yeah. Well, that's what's happening in Arcadia, Missouri. The story is about eight-year-old Jacob who reunites with his parents after 32 years. Yeah, and the thing is, Jacob had died 32 years ago in this tragic accident. He drowned. And Omar Epps, who plays the immigration agent, he helps bring the child back to his parents, played by Kurt Wood Smith, you know, read from That 70 Show, and Francis Fisher, you know, great actors. Yeah, but wouldn't you have a lot of questions if they appeared on your doorstep? I mean, like, what were they doing? Where did they come from? How did they fit back into this world? What's moved on since they've come back into this world? Yeah, how do you come back to a world that has 
kept moving on and like how do you assimilate yourself back into that kind of lifestyle i mean what is making these this child come back what happened yeah i feel like there's so many questions that need to be answered but it's what I kind of like about it is that it's not your typical zombie or aliens type of show. It's something totally different. Yeah, and I've seen the trailers for the show. It looks really good. Drama, heart-wrenching, heartwarming. It's about family and friends and finding out those mystery um, questions of why these people are coming back. Well, you know what? I think I'm going to have a party, and you can come over. You bring the popcorn and some sodas. I'll have the movie screen, and we will watch Resurrection on March 9th on ABC at 9 p.m. That sounds fun. I know where I'm definitely going to be. Once again, that's March 9th. It starts on ABC at 9 p.m., 8 p.m. Central. I'll be there. So will I. All right. Thank you guys for telling us about that show. We're excited about it. But we are here to talk about Helix, another amazing... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Amazing show, yeah. which just keeps getting better every week. Like I've just, I when I was watching it today, uh, and the day eight came up, I got chills because I was so stoked. Like every week, that day counter just gets more. Like I just, I just get all juiced. I'm like, what's gonna happen Jeez. today? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, well, it's just a good reminder, too, that, like, we've been here for a week. Only a week. Only but, like, a week, but at the same time, an entire week has yeah. gone by. Yeah. <laughs> and Over so that. much has happened. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, like, remember remember the good old days? We had Doreen. Sergio was, like, <laughs> clearly a dick. going on. There were yeah. monkeys. Two, good there were monkeys. Yeah. Do you remember, remember the monkeys? I remember monkeys. And now there ain't been any monkeys. Um, <laughs> Mark tweeted this awesome shirt that he got. Did you guys see it? Yeah, it was, like, it was like, where the hell is my monkey? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> you all got those? Yeah, they <gasps> sent us up... Uh, where the hell is my monkey teacher? Matt That's is awesome. so jealous I'm of you. I'm so beyond <laughs> impossibly jealous. I would wear that shirt all day, every day. Not an exaggeration. And he would never shower or bathe or wash well, it. Well, that's an exaggeration. Well, that's just plain normal for Matt. Anyway. <laughs> that's, that, and that's just flat out uh, libel. Okay? Did, did um, I scare you with my voice of God? A little bit. So, um, I want to start by talking about Julia. She rejoined the group uh, last week, at the, end of, at the end of last week. And now, she's like fun and fancy free. She's eaten up a storm. Oh, she's God. got this devil-may-care attitude. She <laughs> She freaks them all out into thinking something's actually wrong, and the music got, like, really super dramatic. I totally said that bitch after that. I was like, are you serious? Are you serious? I laughed my behind off. Not I thought cool. that was so funny. Not cool. But, like, here's the amazing thing. It's just, like, all of a sudden, she has a sense of humor. Like, we had Kira in the studio yeah. last week, and, you know, very lovely, very funny, great, you know, great person. She hasn't had been able to play those notes yet on the show. And you've gotten mm -hmm. to work with her a lot, yeah. Neil. Um, what do you think about, you know, sort of like this change in her character? And like, um, I don't know what this is two questions. So I'm, I'm going to ask you that and I'm going to ask you another one. All right. All right. Um, I, I love the little turn. It's nice to get things are pretty, pretty heavy on the base. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. It's, 
it's always pretty tense, so it's nice to get a moment of levity there. And uh, I thought it was a blast. I loved that scene. It was great for Kira to be able to flex those muscles a little bit because uh, she's a really comp- accomplished actor, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and she doesn't get a lot of opportunity for levity in the show. So Totally. Uh, yeah, she really... Really enjoyed doing that scene, and I enjoyed watching it. So Okay, so that kind of brings me to the second question. We talked to her a little bit about, you know, the origins of the affair. And I, I assume yeah. that we're going to get more of it as the show goes on. But this was the first time that I felt like I understand what would draw these two people together. Draw mm-hmm. Peter and Draw and Peter and, and, and Julia together. Because, you know, uh, Peter's kind of, he's got the sense of humor. Mm-hmm. He's more of a rascal, yeah. I feel. In, in like the brief glimpses that we get, well, I like, feel like you infuse that. I feel like, like I, I, when I was talking about it, was that I feel that Alan was more in love with the, science, the brain of Julia. And, like, you know, how smart she was. Not saying anything about that, but, like, Peter was more the person who probably was, like, her emotional go-to and everything like that. He was yeah. more, you know. Yeah, we talked about that a lot. And, I mean, I think I think some of the backstory comes out in the dialogue, I mean, between uh, between Peter and Alan. Uh, I think in episode four, when I'm on my deathbed for the first time of many. Right. <laughs> um, and we talk about how I... Peter was more the mascot, you know, he was the one who was deflecting attention from the alcoholic dad and, mm-hmm. and actually in that way saved his older brother. Do you know what I mean? But he yeah. is a bit more of a scamp, a bit more of a risk taker, uh, a little more cavalier than Alan. Um, and we see in, I think it was episode six that we saw the hallucinations that yes. um, Julia has of Peter. And we thought that's, I mean, that's exactly how Julia saw Peter. And she saw Peter not now at the time we are at the base, but sure. two years prior when the last time you she saw so him. You were so dapper. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we like, talked about that in that episode. Through. We're like, and how handsome. He's so oh. handsome. Yeah, we, we had no idea. And we had I was the trying veins. so hard to play the handsome out through the veins. <laughs> that I just didn't nail that. Well, it's hard when it looks like you're actively breaking down yeah. into mitochondria. I or love something. that makeup. Well, yeah. What yeah. I'm really curious about is because of the way that, that sort of banter that you guys have this now that we got this light version of julia that we're mm-hmm. seeing glimpses of like, when i saw it my first thought was this is a symptom oh. this is the oh. virus that they're like saying no everything's fine it's like no she's behaving differently at least that we've seen right. of her right yeah i don't uh, i don't know if i'm going to tell you anything about what i think <laughs> about that um other than e- even just the relative change of you know i don't know if you've ever been hung over yeah you know when you <laughs> You Let me ask a bunch of twenty-something on the panels. <laughs> Have you ever been hungover, guys? You know when you finally feel better, <laughs> mm-hmm. and just how awesome it feels to yeah. feel better again, or when you've had a bad flu and then just the relative change of yeah. you know wanting to blow my brains out mm-hmm. and then feeling better again. I'm pretty happy about it. So I'm going to put it down to that right now for, yeah. okay. for Julia. Right. And, but uh, I feel like it's such an acute case of mm-hmm. being high on life. Like I would just call what she is like right. She's just she's jazzed like jazz. Yeah, you know yeah. like do you jazzy know? Julia. Yeah, but you like know what that. I mean when I say that. Like just like everything's going right. You feel amazing. F- food tastes better. The me- the the sound of the world sounds like music. It's almost like she's high <laughs> or something. And I feel like part of that comes from whatever she is now. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have a name for these silver eyes. We've been saying Super Saiyans. Uh, I've been saying Super Saiyan. As I a, think I coined it, but uh, let's go ahead and say it. it's a uh, it's a midlife crisis for right. Julia. Silver right. eyes are a there. definite side effect of midlife right. crisis. Okay. Right, it's not a sign of midlife crisis. <laughs> it's what it is, and this is me making a huge uh, pr- prediction. But I feel like if I'm not right, then the sky is green or something because it can't. Be, I can't be wrong it's about green this. On 
No, the silver <laughs> eyes. I didn't even hear what you said because I'm going to roll right into my point because I am a goddamn steamroller. Damn. The silver eyed people, for some reason, are invulnerable or perhaps immortal or what have you. But I think also the eating is a huge part of it. Not just because she was eating these rations down there and was starving, but they She's require... eating cheese whiz. Mm, well, when you're when whiz. when when your um, immune system and your body is working at that that capacity, I feel like it would require far more fuel than the average yeah, person. Absolutely, I, yeah. I feel like that's a good point. But at the same time, we haven't really seen. The other characters like that eating like yeah. tons and tons. We haven't of food. seen like Hitachi be like, oh, but, but, but I, will, everything. I, yeah. I, I, I will say one thing is remember the line that Sutton says to Hitachi when he sees the picture of uh, Julia. You would you would give up your own people for that freak, that monstrosity. Oh, so yeah. what it really mm-hmm. kind of means is, um, maybe there are two different types of beings, and there are the silver eyes, and there are the humans. And the virus is to thin out the humans or whatever, but maybe Julia is just the offspring of Hataki and a human. You never... Yeah, that's the other question I have because it's like, you know, so Sutton's been saying stuff about I've been waiting so long and after all these yeah. years, they had some sort of relationship before. And then you look at this picture of Julia and it's like, are they aging? Can so do the silver eyes people age? Now, I don't think it's fair because Itake is Japanese and like he's you, 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 they're ageless, but you know, I just <laughs> I'm just saying, Racist. man, that's not right. That's a compliment, damn it. But I'm Does just not saying, like, the views of After Buzz TV. <laughs> I'm yeah, just saying. Is very ageless in all everything right. that he's ever played in. And he's, when you look yeah. at the picture of him with Julia, I mean, she the character of Julia is probably in her thirties, right? So you have to figure if it was thirty years ago, he looks exactly the same. When did he get inflicted with he wasn't, the silver he eyes? He didn't get and, inflicted. He was born that way. You, there's you're a, assuming there's a, no. There's a reason why uh, Constance considers Julia a freak versus Hatake, who has always been a member of this community. Here's here's how it is. First of all, not his natural-born daughter. I think she's one of the children who was totally stolen from the various communities, raised her as a daughter. He already did it with a son, Daniel, had to give her up for some reason. I think His that name is Mixa. His name is Mixa. <laughs> My... My Mi- huge. Mi- I'm, I'm back on the clone bandwagon. You're back on the clone bandwagon? I'm back on the clone bandwagon. Th- Look... We know that he lost a daughter. That's not a plot point that's just there to forget about. Yeah. We know it's important. They wouldn't have brought it up yeah. if it's Where not. Where did the burns come from on his body that we previously saw before? He mentioned Kyoto. And, you know, I, I just... I don't know. And this but, is, so, But we know that she was raised in this lab environment. That right. she was closely studied. Now we know that she is some kind of so biological freak. that's why freak. she's the freak, you feel. I think she is a clone that was then in of his daughter that was then infused with some kind of RNA sequence that either led her down this life or led her to be being prone to the silver because because she wasn't a freak before I'm gonna until throw... she was well that's what yeah that's what I know Sutton she's a freak her. now I'm, I'm, I, like, I know so I'm using Sutton I know I've been th- I know I've been throwing out lots of theories I like just looking at, at Neil's face the entire time as he's just like because he knows you things you guys are blowing my mind <laughs> Matt, Matt let me let me say some yes, stuff yes use Steven because I've said a lot I I have to like raise my hand and wave from okay, the booth okay okay <laughs> um oh that's yeah that's my camera all right <laughs> I don't know. I think that I think that if we still we can I I still don't think it's clones. No matter what we do, it's not clones, guys. 
Yeah. Get out of here with that. Yeah. No. Nope. I still think we might have a chance with that fusion coming back from level R, and then yeah. we find out in the previews that there's a deeper level than that that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. So previous experiments gone wrong. Where are all the children gone? Um, that's all the, the children, children gone. Okay. I right, know, but no. Let me let me finish. Um, Montana is like when when you see her hallucination, she's in this log cabin, and that kind of insinuates that it's still in this cold environment. And maybe Montana wasn't even her going to Montana. Maybe the person who helped her escape from the lab was like, to comfort her, was like, where are we going? We're, we're, we're going to Montana. We're going to Montana. And the cabin is just where they hold up well, after they escaped. But it wasn't after they escaped. They would go there every summer. She would go there every summer with someone who claimed to be her mother. Whether that's true or not, you know, we don't know. For a doctor's checkup. <sighs> Listen, all I'm going I'm to say... If she is a clone, she was designed to become to either become human or to not have to be one of these silver-eyed things, whatever they are. We have to come up with a, with a firm name for them. But, or this, all right, or or she <sighs> she was another one of Hitaki's spin-off experiments that he was never supposed to do. What is it called? The something experiment? Or the, the, the Willis right, the, hypothesis. Willis, the Willis yeah. hypothesis. Yeah. But like, because she keeps talking about the Willis hypothesis and like, she, we, Constance, so we, we yeah. Know, yeah, so we know that Hitaki goes off the rails. We know he does stuff that he's not supposed to. So right. what if Julia was an experiment that he wasn't supposed to do? He wasn't supposed to try to splice human DNA with silver DNA. Maybe. Uh, uh, well, now Julia this... wasn't supposed to cheat on me with my brother either. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing I keep and I know you can't tell us but will we soon find out who T is you who said T is that I mentioned in the Kira first told us yes. to ask you will that. we will we find out this season uh, I can't remember <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I fair. spent a lot of time like underwater and in, in sure. you know wetsuits and gurneys I, I was kind of like sleeping most of the time so can you tell us about that scene with uh, when they fill the suit up with water? Like, yeah. How was that filming that? Yeah. What did um, they do? We shot that in uh, two different ways. We shot me in the suit, um, and then we shot me in a bathtub. Ah. <laughs> and they had a little GoPro in the side of the bathtub, and uh, uh, an RA, the, the main camera, mm-hmm. um, over top. And we just said, fill it up. So they started filling the bathtub up. And I was like, oh, I've never done this before in my life. I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah. And... So was, I think, it, was it tinted a uh, dyed blue? No, no they did it afterwards. Water. It was just okay. regular water. And, uh, yeah, it was a really weird kind of vulnerable experience because I had never before uh, had to be breathing underwater. Right. Um, well, you have to be – you're lying completely still. There's no opportunity to take a breath during a take. No, and then halfway through it, I realized that I'm like – breathing it in i'm like well if i'm breathing all this liquid into my lungs it would be forcing all the air out sure so at one point i just let all the air go out and then i'm like uh now i have to look like i can breathe on on (laughs) i'm actually i can feel my heart in my ears i'm I'm just just so brilliantly blown all the air out of my lungs um yeah for art for art man (laughs) so i just stayed under as long as i could until i could hear my my heart in my head and uh but i mean i was only under three inches of water so it wasn't really dangerous was that episode six or five that they did that in I don't know was that uh, last episode uh, or six it was six it was two weeks it was two weeks ago six, okay, so six. It was six. Okay. Yeah, it was I'm six. sorry six. so 
are the rumors true that there was actually another actor who died in that take so they had to recast and refilm all six? Of them? Yeah, but I'm not supposed <laughs> to talk about that. Yeah, I, I was just about I'd to say, like, something. you know, that on his, his IMDb or like Wikipedia page, and like, unfortunately, in three inches of water, Neil Napier. Neil Napier. <laughs> so we got a clone. Succumbed to, to himself. Uh, I'm actually a clone. The no. Fir- the first six episodes of this series is dedicated to Neil Napier. No. Yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> he all leaves right. behind a legacy of a wife and. And, and cats. And a two Twitter cats. account. And two cats. Two cats and a Twitter account. And a Twitter account. <laughs> and, a, and, now, and now as Neil Napier <laughs> thinks in stark clarity about his life, <laughs> I'm going to quickly talk about iTunes. Uh, don't skip this because uh, there's. Uh, I'm going to tell you everything that's going on in this episode as well. Because here's the thing, folks. Uh, we put out, I think, a quality program. One of the finest available on the topic of Helix. We have fun. You have fun. We get all the theories. They get increasingly bat poop because I'm trying not to curse. I hope that's and, true. Yeah. And we get great guests like Neil. Yeah. Like Mark, like Mark coming up on Wednesday. Kira. Like Kira. Um, Kat. Like Kat on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to make this the best show that we possibly can. So what can you do to give back? We'd really appreciate your support. Go to iTunes and slap the show with a rating. Give it a review. It only takes a second. We don't. We're not looking for Shakespeare. We love five star ratings. Because here's where for art thou, Romeo? Is that is that your Alan doing uh, Juliet? Alan doing Juliet. <laughs> I saw Alan doing a Winter's Tale playing King Leontes yesterday down in San Diego. Really, really? and he was fantastic. That's awesome. And fully on voice, I'll have you know. <laughs> Sweet. It's so weird how different his speaking voice is. For, we're going to get to that. Okay. Um, but <laughs> my point is, just just go there. It only takes a second. You know, we here at AfterBuzz TV, we put out 68 hours of free content a week. It's a crazy, staggering amount of content. Uh, you know, we, we come into your lives, maybe come into ours for a hot second. It makes us feel Whoa. better. And... <sighs> oh, dirty. No, it isn't. It talking isn't about you... Alan doing Juliet, and then talking about it's not. It's not what we're doing here. This is this is a clean show. I don't want to get the explicit rating on iTunes. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in any case, just go. Uh, it re- it, it really does make our day. Like whenever you tweet yeah. at us, whenever you give us a review, and we see it something positive, it really just like. I know Matt's yeah. face lights up. It My makes, face lights up. It makes up. me happy, but it also it it allows our sh- our show to be more easily searchable on iTunes. It's how we got in the new and noteworthy section. Mm-hmm. It lets our bosses know that we're doing a good job. Uh, and uh, I just want to read some new reviews from the last week. Uh, Lilith Colbert uh, writes, "Poet, Princess of Nothing." That's the title of the review. Oh. If you want to get really clever with these. I am stoked. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, uh, she's a spectral Helix L on Twitter. She oh, yay, did her song. Her. She's uh, awesome. She's awesome. Uh, this podcast is beyond awesome. Commentary ranges from intelligent to complete crack in equal measure <laughs> and really gives you a great insight on this sh- uh, to the show. Oh, and thank you for featuring my song, Monkey Power. Love yes. that. I'll, um, do, uh, I'll do Power Man. Please do. I'll do it as, as Matt Lieberman. Great. All right. Oh, so. Um, Here we go. Power Man 77 is a really amazing podcaster. Uh, she really likes our podcast, and she already listens to our Sherlock and Almost Human and Scandal. And you know what? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I host Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I really like that you like our podcast as well. Um, but, you know, you can just go ahead and spread some of that stated watching Helix just because of the podcast all over this bread and butter of Helix. Love the work you guys do. Muscle monkeys. 
Keep it up. Monkeys! <laughs> <laughs> that did sound just like him. He, he, did, he, he did a brilliant job, but brilliant. not as great as Billy Campbell. It was weird as King because Leontes. I was sitting here next to Matt and he right. was talking, but his lips weren't moving. Yeah. We actually pre recorded it. It's uncanny. That. <laughs> okay, so now back to the show, but first I have to know. So his voice is so completely different from the voice that he does on the show. Mm-hmm. As Is that strange? It, it really took us by surprise when we heard his speaking voice at the premiere. Ah. Oh, when like you when you heard pull, Billy yeah, speaking. Yeah, because he's doing a gruff voice on the show, but he's got this very rich, melodious yeah, voice yeah. in person. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like the vulnerability of his... Um, it's always on the verge of cracking. Yeah. Do you, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's something I like about it. I don't know what drives some people a little batty, but... Uh, I don't know. I think it serves the character. It serves the uh, the tension he's under. It's kind of a way of of showing his his repression mm-hmm. uh, in a very active way, where we're we're coming we're coming to terms with it every time that he speaks. But it's not he's not shoving that in our face. But I think it, it's very firmly you know a sign that this is someone who's always almost on the breaking point, yeah. but is so obsessed with control. Driven by the backstory with the father, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, did you two talk at all about your family history or about you know your your time together? Well, we didn't uh, we didn't talk really specifically about the relationship with the. I mean, it's it's in the text and the yeah. scenes that uh, that we talk about it in. It, it's you know I think there's enough information about it. Uh, we focus more on just kind of getting our relationship going and in a lot of ways uh, Billy's and my relationship is analogous to to like my relationship with my older brother Mm -hmm. and we really fell into that younger brother older brother dynamic really quickly which is a bit of a pain when you're strapped down to a gurney and he's hovering (laughs) over you for hours on end so which is great yeah yeah there were some hairy moments um, where I actually couldn't reach up and hit him which is probably a good thing also because he's like 6'4". So. Did you ever yes, do any yes. takes just trying to make you crack up? Because I can just imagine the... the yeah, but I'm, I'm a professional man. Like yeah, You man. just can't get in. What are you gonna, are you going <laughs> to assail the man's character when he comes to our show? Come on. Yeah, absolutely. He's we a always, professional. It's a little harder in, in television because you're flying along at a real clip, you know? And uh, it's really kind of precious, the, the takes that we have. So. Yeah. We try not to get in each other's way um, unless it just happens. I mean, funny yeah. things happen, and then we can get real goofy. Uh, shooting films, bigger like films, uh, tend to have more takes per scene, so you can mm-hmm. kind of goof around a bit more. Yeah. Um, but no, he didn't go out of his way to to try to get me to crack or get me to corpse. No. Um, but it it just happens sometimes. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm just imagining you're supposed to be like in a coma and him just saying things and you're trying not or to like he, laugh or anything. Yeah. yeah. Or, or him getting, you know, pretty personal with me and, you know, getting a finger between my ribs or <laughs> other places. Well, he's oh, trying God. to save yeah. your life. <laughs> trying to avoid the explicit rating, Neil. <laughs> Listen, well, last, my week, ear. Oh, last yeah. week we had <laughs> Kira telling us about... I don't know how they work with <laughs> Matt, last year we had Kira telling us about what the... Last year? Last week. Okay. We had... It said last week. It said last year. I'm tired. <laughs> but no, Kira was talking us... You talk about explicit, but Kira was telling us about, you know, the, the actor, the director saying, okay, she's I... Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, that's, I'm trying to avoid that. Can we... Let's get back on topic. Yeah, I had a really good director. I won't tell you. Aww. No, you'll get a bad rating. Okay. God. We'll get it. We'll get it later. <laughs> Screw the rating. So, uh, so Hataki is now kind of firmly in opposition with Constance... Um, you know, we, we kind of, we find out that they may have been lovers in the past. They were. 
Uh, yeah, that they were, you know, they were lovers. Uh, they were together. She silver got eyes watch. often do. Well, yeah. she, I love that he killed her with the watch. That yeah. was just amazing. Oh, yeah. There were some parts he replaced. Yeah, and exactly. One of them was yeah. a Garrett. Mm-hmm. As soon as they revealed the watch, I was like, Bond watch. <laughs> nice. I think I yelled it actually at the TV. I yelled it a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. I like doing it. Yeah, turkeys in. Um, <laughs> you used a super accurate sound device to yell Bond watch at the TV. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun with uh, with Alan and uh, and Sarah this week. Although, like, okay, I understand you're being driven to the breaking point, but it's still to me kind of a leap. That Alan's like, we have to kill Constance. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like that was, it was, it was mandatory, but it was just such a leap for him, for his right. character. Like, he hasn't really shown any, like, we need to kill people. He's never actively wished violence on anyone except for Sergio, and that was for killing Doreen. But yeah. she has now threatened Julia's life, yeah. and now we, he's realizing True. that it's, I think he quickly realizes that it's going to be a her or them situation. Yeah. Okay. Because he did say, like, that means that she's going to be, well, no, Hita- well, after he spoke with Hitake, and he came to realize, oh, crap, you know, she's going to be experimented on, and, you know, She's probably going to be a prisoner for the rest of her life as they try to do all these experiments on her. And that's when it came to that. Um, laughing, though, at that point, though, because when they were talking about the chemicals they needed to get, I just thought of Steven because it it shows awkward window again with, the, <laughs> with yeah. the soldier guy just like standing out there like, what are they talking about? I couldn't stop thinking about that as I watched it. Awkward window. Because I'm like, at this point, they know they're up to stuff. I'm in the awkward window. Again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Steven's got this You guys better mute your window. mic because I'm in the awkward window. Yeah. yeah. I know you're talking to exactly. each other. You know, he was. Don't let him know. I know. I mean, wouldn't he also have a switch to be able to turn it back on no, in his little oh, observation what room? Ridiculous suggestion. I guess you're right. That's just poor construction. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like <laughs> hey, hey, guys, um, I, I know what ammonium nitrate is, and uh, I, I know what explosives are. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to uh, go in there and shoot you. Just a uh, heads up. Yeah, he's yeah. concerned about what they're going to get like with the dextrose, but he doesn't check what they have in the lab. I'm just, yeah. How did he freaking fiddle around with wires and chemicals enough in a microscope for them not to notice that he was doing something with wires in well, a microscope? Sarah, no, Sarah stands in... Alan Farragut. Yeah. He knows he, this stuff. He's a man of action. MacGruber! <laughs> uh, <laughs> they basically do MacGyver the hell out of this. Thing I don't know how it creates a spark to these wires because it's literally she just turns a knob and the wires are she on the knob. Was turning the knob so the microscope would zoom in, which would in turn make the metal plates push the wires together to complete the circuit. And but that doesn't explosion. make sense this why the wires were no. sticking out. Boom. That's why he's smart. It makes sense because as, as she turned them, it it moved the metal plate closer, thus completing the circuit. Completing the circuit. He learned it in Batman school. He just failed because his voice wasn't deep enough. <laughs> ben Affleck got the job. I know. Oh, God. Billy Campbell would make a seriously cool, grizzled Batman. He would. I would be so Ooh. down for that. You down to be Robin, Neil? I, I'm all over Robin. <laughs> Where do you see me in some green tights, man? Yes. Nice. No, no, no. Do it old school where he didn't wear tights. It was just the bare legs. Just oh, the yeah. Bare legs and the green slipper. The, the green slipper. Nice. The, the, the green The Bergrini. Nice. Yeah, I'd rock that, man. Yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, Billy, beer. if you ever watch this, you're Batman, I'm your Robin. Okay. <laughs> Putting that out there. <laughs> in the, in the tale of Eat That Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm confused. That's our a, boy band. Yeah, Mark's in my boy band. Oh, sweet. Our, yeah, our, our, our big hit single is Eat That Apple. 
I'm down with that. <laughs> what were you going to say, Zach? Um, I have a kind of a wild theory I want to throw out before we move too far away from the Hataki and Constance it. thing. They do, all we get is she loved him, mm-hmm. not that they were lovers. Hmm. What if it's more like she is not maybe a biological daughter? But a similar, like, raised by Hataki situation. When you say she loved him, are you talking about Julia? No, he's no. talking about Constance. 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 Yeah, so but she... that Julia is, uh, uh, that's what I'm thinking, is that she's one of the adopted daughters. Yeah, that she was sort of tra- raised and trained by Hataki, and uh-huh. this is almost, this is more of a father betrayal sort of situation. So, like, Julia and, and, and Sutton are, like, half-sisters kind of deal? Well, like, adopted sisters. Adop- yeah, adopted, sort of. Oh, the... ah, rubbing the beard. That's interesting. What was it that he said about her, um... I want to, You're I'll, a shell of a woman I used to love. He, he yeah. said he tried to show her the real way. Yeah. And she says that we all took a vow to orchestrate the newer race, which means they were trying to create a master race. Right. Hmm. You know, the, the big question, really, what is the Willis hypothesis? Yep. And I want to know, now that she's out of, you know, now that her commission. head... Yeah, she's out of commission. We'll say it that, because I think they're going to come back, but... I want to know who's going to be the next, like, quote-unquote, bad guy. Because up to this point, we've had uh, Sergio, who we, we're still now thinking that there's something more to his character, that he's not all bad. And we had Daniel, who obviously is going through changes. Right. And, he's the- not, and Hitake isn't, like, 100% bad. So now who's going to be the new big bad? Who's now in charge of Ilaria? Well, here's- I think I'm looking right at him. <laughs> Neil, would you like to address the allegations that you're ultimately going to be the villain of this piece? I'm in a, a previously juicy rackle suit right now, which is now now. It's called progress. It's called progress. Yes. No, would I you like some progress. water, uh, Neil? <clears throat> oh no, there. I'm good. I'm better. Thank can you. We, can we see your throat? We we just want to make sure it's well, not like just... wiggling. <laughs> Hold on. So I grew the beard to cover it. Here's the thing, right? Uh, if all of the heads that are out in the ice are all members of the Ilaria Corporation that Hataki potentially has beheaded and put down there for safekeeping, then Constance was far from the first person to show up. She, uh, and, and, it, and it also begs the question, why did they want Dr. Havit? And I feel like Hatake at some point in the past killed Dr. Havit, covered it up, and then is somehow leveraged it into running our Arctic Biosystems himself so that he can start what this if That other, could have been it. What yeah. if Dr. Havit knew the cure, so Hataki had to kill him to prevent it from getting to Ilaria, and that's why he put his head on ice, and that's why they wanted his head, because he's still alive. But why would... It, but, it, but if... I feel like if Hitake really didn't want something to be found out, why bother even icing his... Oh, wait, no, yeah, because he'd come back, we think. Because he could I come was back. Th- I was assuming that the heads were... The people that had formerly been in Hataki's position, mm. and that Constance's addition to it was more of the like, I'm running this now. Mm-hmm. You don't get like he's yeah. where his head would be. Probably, I'm putting her. You're, head. you're probably right. That too. But as soon as he cut off her head, I'm like, of course they are reverse Highlanders. <laughs> they are. First there can of all, be only many. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there can't be one. There has to be many. And when you cut their head off, the head can regrow the body unless it's on ice. So I, we're saying they're all starfish. Yes. Or Namix. Was anyone else expecting it to blink? 
No. When, like when the head went into oh, the jar. Oh, yeah, because her I, eyes were open. <laughs> oh, that would have been really cool. Yeah. But it was cool, cool enough I wish, also. Well, no, yeah, but I kind of just like, I kind of wish that if if her face or something moved, right. we would have known that, okay, we're there. there's a hunch they are still alive. Right. Um, okay, we got a few more things I want to talk about, then we're just going to move more into a general interview place. Uh, I want to talk about the vectors. Uh, before we talk about Mixa and Anana, um, the one of the opening shots of this episode, Vector climbing through the vents, peers down into the uh, to the room where the three of yes. them are. Now he's looking, and inside of Sarah and in Alan, he's there. They show the view behind what right. they see. Their awesome. their nervous system. Mm-hmm. Wait, I didn't even see this scene. What? Yeah, it's At the very the beginning the before episode, the happy music. Before the happy music, he looks down and. Uh, Vectors have x-ray vision. Sarah and Alan, you can see their nervous system glowing versus uh, Julia, who there's no glow. And I'm pretty sure I watched it back. I'm pretty sure it's the nervous system. I don't know what you guys thought it was. It wasn't the skeleton. It wasn't the muscles. Well, you saw Hmm. the muscles a little bit. You saw like because it showed the part that glowed. It was either the circulatory system or the nervous system. I'd like to think it was the nervous system. I'd have to look again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, but they didn't show a scene. Did they show a scene where they it looked at Julia and it, sh- it looked showed... at the three of them? It was a very quick oh, shot. Oh, Julia was in there. That's right. Yeah, it's a very quick shot. Two of them glowing. She's not, oh. and it makes me wonder. Right, what makes what makes a silver eyes different biologically? Because there's uh, there's something that the vectors actively notice or can't see. They're programmed to wipe out anything that has this glowing. Stuff inside. Matt, Matt, mm. Matt, 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 Matt. I have an idea. Please. Uh-oh. Um. So, it when 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 they study her blood, like usually you overlook what's not there as opposed to overlooking what's there. Right. Um. And Sarah keeps saying there's no antibodies, there's no immune deficiencies, there's none of this. What if they just don't have an immune system? Like, what if what they're viewing is like the immune system, and because. You don't need it when you have this immortal, immortal thing. Right. Like you when you're need... replicating on a cellular level. Yeah, you don't need that. And plus, like, uh, an interesting thing was when D- Hataki showed his eyes. And, uh, no, when, when. When Julia? When Julia showed her eyes to that one that was, uh, you know, close or eye effing her. <laughs> it, it ran away as if something was, like, threatening it. Like it was an immune system attacking a virus. Hmm. Oh. oh. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm glad and, I grew a beard for this so I can stroke it <laughs> when you're deep in thought. Yeah. It's just something to think about. I imagine we're going to get more answers uh, as time goes on. But it was the first time that we saw from their perspective and that they actively see Silver Eyes as biologically different. They can tell even in their very stunted mental state. You know, we were talking early on in the season about there being a hive mind yeah. to the infected, to the vectors. I'm seems... curious. Spe- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh no, I just I was just going to say it seems like we're getting more towards that yeah. now that we're seeing intelligence from the vectors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the other thing is, is like, okay, so Peter was sick. And, and, you know, there were people who were dying from being infected, mm-hmm. but then even as a vector, when he was on the move and everything, and I totally called the Venom thing when he climbed up crazy into the vents <laughs> in one of the earlier episodes, right. you know, are these vectors now just permanently 
crazy monster vectors, but they're not sick. They're not deteriorating. They're not dying. Like that's what I'm confused about at this point because it's you're asking are they are they zombies? Yeah, like are they permanently in this state where they're just constantly searching, trying to infect people, or will mm-hmm. they eventually get sick and die? We don't you know, know mm-hmm. but in the previews we see uh, Neil's character actually like doing a kind of a I am legend ish thing, yeah. like it's the leader <laughs> of the things. It's awesome because he's all like, "Hey, you know, oh, like, you know, I've never seen that movie. Oh, it's so good." <laughs> um, Wait, well, was that Neil or was that Peter? <laughs> that was Alan. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to talk more about that. We're going to put a pin in that and talk about that as we get a bit further on. We got to talk about Mixa, Anana, Sergio, Anana, and Sergio. Just why can't these two crazy kids just settle down already? <laughs> get a build a snow fort. Yeah. And just live in there and be happy. Because it's obvious that they're going to want They want to build a snowman. Yeah. Is that a euphemism? No, no. It's, it's from... It's a reference movie. to Frozen. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Completely the other direction. Yeah. Sounds okay. like a euphemism. So, uh, you know... To make it one. Daniel's having some <laughs> an identity, a bit of an identity crisis. He, you know, he realizes the truth, that he was kidnapped as a boy. It's a big deal. That would mess anyone up. Yeah, he's yeah. really PO'd at Hataki. Uh, and, you know... He he just wants he doesn't know what he wants right he he wants to keep Anana safe when he's told to wipe her out but he has no loyalty to Hatake he's just trying to weather out this situation as best he can so that he can take the time to make a proper judgment about what he actually does want wasn't yeah. there a scene though that he he you know he was talking to Anana and it's like I can't go with you because like he raised me. And I have to still. There's still work for me to be done here. What was that scene? I can't remember exactly. Yeah, it was. It was as he was letting her out. Yeah. Uh, into the snow. Why he couldn't? He go helped with her. create the situation. He's not going to just leave it to. End yeah. How it ends. Yeah. Basically, he's probably trying to find out more answers as well to like what's oh, sure. going on in the story of him yeah, too. I, I think Daniel's quite loyal and and honorable, and the yeah. sense of honor I think really works powerfully within him. So absolutely, it makes sense to me. He doesn't know the full story with Hitaki anyway, and like mm-hmm. no one's going to leave before they know the full story. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why he's being still kind of, I mean, he's smart, so he's just being cordial with, with Hataki till he gets the answers that he wants. <laughs> I do want to bring up a YouTube comment that we got last week that was really Please interesting. Please do. Our fans are very, 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 very detail-oriented when it comes to previous episodes of this series. Love that. And they saw when the show first starts, there is a helicopter that lands, and of course the CDC gets off of it, but then there is someone who passes by the CDC and gets on the helicopter and flies out. So at this point, one of their theories was that perhaps this vector outbreak has been spread through that person throughout the world right now or throughout various places in the world right now, and they really need a cure right now because they're trying to solve it before it starts in affecting the people who are in charge. Cool. Cool. That's, I mean, that's that's your season two, like how uh, we heard it's going to be vastly different. Yeah. That's an instant way without without having to like end the season with a vector like crawling across the Arctic or season something. Season two is actually Planet of the Apes. So it's just like they've, they've swimming yeah. continuously. Yeah. I want to actually, you know, I feel like if I can go on to now Sergio, his character is just like for the entire time I've been joking. He's not a good guy. He's not a good guy. He's not a good guy because I'm still really PO'd at him for Doreen. But <laughs> I, I just... 
I'm so confused because he's kind of like, you know, like, I told you you can't trust me and I'm the one who kidnapped the babies and the kids and da-da-da-da-da-da. And it's really funny, too, because he's like, I told you you can't trust me. It's like, well, if, if you're saying to her that she can't trust you, but you're saying don't trust me, then that means she should trust you? What? No. What? <laughs> I, it's just, yeah, no, let's map out this logic because I'm lost. I just think he's confusing me because he's claiming, he's admitting that he's not a good guy. Mm-hmm. In which no bad guys actually say that, so therefore he must be. <laughs> Liz, we, we only have ten minutes. It's not yeah. enough time right, for double negatives. Basically, yeah, basically yeah. Sergio is a guy who has been forced to do things he doesn't see as good, right. but he regrets them, which yeah. puts him into that middle like gray area where it's like, I know what I'm doing is bad, but I can't do it, or I have to do it. I can't stop it. Right. We don't know what his motivation is yet. Yeah. And I think as we learn more, we'll come to discover he's a guy just in a rough place. I still don't know who he works for. Yeah. I don't believe Alaria is his only employer. Because yeah, he asked there's her. An, there's a third party that we haven't been okay. privy to. Okay. Yeah, well. Because he was like, he's like, you know who I work for. You mm-hmm. know, like, you know who I work for. They're going to, they're not going to kill me, but they'll kill you. To me, I, I assumed it was the high council at Alaria. That could have, that could have been Alaria, but right. he, it feels like he's got another motive okay. right Guys, now. In, in the world, in the world of gods and men there are always the gods servants who are men so in the way you can view it is that sergio is just a servant of the gods who is trying to rebel it's a very grand way of putting it but i agree i'm moving us on because we have to because we are we have limited time and we have a song to do and we have the wonderful neil napier here do we have time and we want to i well that's the that's the big question because i don't want to shortchange the interview um, all right, so I think that kind of that kind of covers a lot of what went on this week. We'll talk more about it in predictions. Um, Neil, I want to talk to you okay. about your your experiences working on the show. We, we've talked about it a little bit. Um, when when did you first hear about the show, and how did you come to be in the pilot? Uh, well, I auditioned for it. I guess um, a couple of uh, months, I guess, before mm-hmm. it uh, went down, or maybe a month. And I actually originally auditioned for Bioseros, mm. and. Uh, mm. I had to try to sell the line in the audition when Doreen asks if he's Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just kind of played it like, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, no, and I knew I wasn't right for it, but I ended up getting called back for, uh, for Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my lovely wife, Paula Jean, and I were actually on the Oregon coast, and I did a self-tape on my iPhone mm-hmm. in our hotel. Oh, man. And sent it in. Um, I had just put a, an engagement ring on her finger on the beach Yay. the night before. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then we got to work and shot a, an audition in, in the hotel room and sent that off. Great weekend. It was an yeah, awesome right? weekend. <laughs> yeah, it was the best weekend of my life. Um, and th- then, yeah, I guess about um, we got back to Montreal and I was shooting on a film in Montreal. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to go back to just do a couple of scenes on that. And I was about to head back to Toronto where we live now. And the casting agent wanted me to come in to... Um, back in to read again with um, and talk to Jeffrey Reiner who directed the pilot just mm-hmm. to talk to him on the phone and then just make a couple of uh, adjustments to the scene and then I guess about a week later uh, I remember it was a Tuesday night they called me that I, I had booked it and asked me if I could be in Montreal the next day for uh, wardrobe <laughs> and I was shooting that Sunday that's crazy wow. yeah and okay. my first my first day of shooting was the first day of shooting on Helix and that was that running down the okay. hall um, yeah, so it was a bit of a whirlwind. Happened yeah. pretty quickly. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Now, I, I I know that you you can't tell us anything about the show, um, but let me know if there's some way some way you can you can answer this. Have you talked to Cameron at all <clears throat> about the future of the character on the show? Because for the large part of the first season, mm-hmm. you've been kind of out of commission. You're a very 
key role in the character relationships. Yeah. You're obviously about to start playing a much bigger role in terms of the dynamics between the vectors, the silver eyes, and the humans. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us anything about the arc of the character or the how it's going to open up potentially um, in season two? Yeah, without giving anything away, of course that would that would kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think for, for quite a while, they not that they weren't sure what to do with Peter, but exactly how he fit into fit into everything. It's, you know, as we've seen the first, you know, the last, the, the, the middle episodes, we're talking a lot about Peter, but we don't see him too much. And, right. And yeah, things are about to get pretty weird up in the, up in the Arctic. Not that they aren't already yeah. weird, but they're well, really about to go off the rails, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know how it is. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, and Cameron and I have spoken a little bit about where, uh, you know, but it was a surprise. Every time I got a script, I'd read the script, and A, I'm like, am I still alive? Because we didn't know moving forward, right? right? It was kind of a need-to-know basis. Um, and it just starts getting really twisty, and uh, I think it's I think it's really fascinating where Peter ends up and where he goes. Um, but in terms of where the story is going after uh, this season, uh, they've held their cards pretty close to their chest. I'm sure. I'm very curious. I had read at one point, I'm sorry, I cannot remember for life of me where it was, but that Peter was originally supposed to die within like the first two or three episodes. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. The original plan, the original, original plan was, uh, it was two different characters. I love that there's an original, original plan. Well, yeah. Apparently, apparently Peter was two different characters. There was the brother Mm -hmm. and then there was the other guy who was infected. And I don't know how the storylines went, but at one point in in preliminary writing uh, drafts, um, they decided to amalgamate those two characters cool. and make the brother the infected one. Mm-hmm. Um, Which and then I think smart the idea, call in the long run. Yeah, it's consolidating, right? Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, and then I, I think he was supposed to die in four, and then come back as a hallucination. That's as much as I knew <laughs> of the character. So I, right. I think they kept him kind of as a, a bit of a wild card to see where the story was going. Right, because I, I don't think they hadn't written thirteen episodes, and then we set yeah. about shooting it. Because one of the beautiful things I think about uh, episodic television is you can have an idea and then see what the actors and where the characters are going, and build mm-hmm. from that as it goes along. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing with Peter is he is um, a product of that. They really had this wild card in their pocket the whole time. And then, okay, let's see how the story opens up and where Peter's going to fit into it. So until they figured out what to do with him, they kept Peter on. Put him on ice. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, can you tell us if there's, um, if, you know, because I think, was it Zach? Somebody made a suggestion about, is it possible that everybody is originally from the lab because we don't know much about anybody's family backgrounds, how so-and-so met Julia, and they me. just keep yeah, on, okay, and they just keep on talking about the al- abusive, um, alcoholic, you know, father are, are, is that going to come into play? Like, are we going to learn more about their background um, as kids and their relationship? Is that actually, like, important, constantly bringing up the alcoholic father? or? Uh, well, I think it informs our relationship. It's, it's a real integral um, element of our relationship. But uh, and I'm going to leave it just at that. Okay. Because okay. um, <laughs> that's all I really know about it. Okay. Fair enough. I, one of the things that, that I really love, because you, you know, we're lucky enough that we've been able to talk to some of you on Twitter and we've, we've started to build, you know, a little bit of a, at the very least, you know, actor fan relationship. 
And we're BFFs. I, I don't know if we. I, Neil told me not to tell you guys, but yeah, me, we're, totally we're like this. Yeah, we're like I know besties. you're like you're like that. <laughs> but um, it's always cool when you know you you interact with someone. They're on, they're not just on a show; they're a fan of the show that they're on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're very much a fan of the show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. I love watching it every week. And, and frankly, the, the past few episodes, I wasn't there a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this is it's not brand new to me, but I read the script once. And then I'm all do my bit. Yeah. And yeah. so it's all it's all like, oh, yeah, this happens in this episode. And I find myself really being a fan of the show. My wife and I sit down every Friday night at 10 o'clock and watch it. And I love tweeting along with the fans who are awesome. Like the fan interaction is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I can only do it at commercials. Okay. <laughs> like I really, because I just, I kind of get into it. And then if I start, I'm like, oh, damn it, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I really love it. It's, I, I'm pretty new to Twitter, too. Yeah. Um, but I'm loving the experience of interacting with the fans on this because they're amazing. Yeah. Hashtags awesome. still confuse me. <laughs> I do hashtags just for the sake of doing yeah, hashtags. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag. Yeah, hashtag. 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 We're going to make hashtags is. Is happen is. for season two. Um, uh, can I ask you just one more thing? Yeah. I, I know it's a little ways off. Do you know yet if you guys are going to be heading up to Comic-Con uh, in July? In San Diego? Yeah, San Diego. I really hope so. Yeah. I haven't gotten any word of it. I was just down there yesterday, and I'm mm-hmm. like, boy, I hope I'm back here in July. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it would I, it would be great for the show, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, our fans are already super loyal and, and super passionate. It would be great for them to be able to do it. So I hope so. We should just we should just go to Comic-Con if they're there and just like take a bunch of Hershey's syrup and just like drizzle it all over and Spit just go as everywhere. Vectors. Yeah. Just be Vectors. <laughs> oh, I'll be I'll be San Diego cosplay this year. as Vectors this year? Oh, my God. <laughs> we, can, we can get a group. That'd be rad. I'm Red contacts. I'm down. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I'm get down some contacts in. Sure. Okay. Um, we've already pretty much done our predictions, Matt. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Do we do we want to do this song? Do we have time? I think we have time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm, a, I'm a producer, Matt. I can make time. Wonderful. All right. So uh, our very own Zach Wilson wrote up these wonderful lyrics uh, to the <laughs> the the comedy classic "I'm on a Boat" by the Lonely Island. Um, and Neil is going to join us. I've never in my life until just when I arrived here today heard this song. So I'm I'm just going to try to follow Matt. And, uh, and we have not rehearsed this at all. <laughs> not rehearsed at all. But it's just fine. So it's let's, a let's give it a shot. No, no one's expecting go. perfection. Give me one sec. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys have the lyrics for you there too. Yeah. Oh wow, this is great. Behind oh, the heads. Yeah. Oh wait a minute, but is that? That's not the actual. Oh. Yeah, that's the actual song. Yeah, that's the actual. No, that's karaoke. That's karaoke. Yeah, is this karaoke? Yeah. Yeah, I know, but the, it is. The it lyrics is. There. You I'm got. Not, it. I'm not don't there. look at the lyrics, yeah. though. Yes. Don't worry. We're just doing the stun prints. Oh, so yeah. I shouldn't show you guys the lyrics. It's okay. No, <laughs> no, no. It, it helps with rhythm. Taking them away. Oh, Ziz. Helix after buzz, baby. It's about to go down. Ziz, yeah. We're recapping episode eight, Bloodline. Bloodline, yeah. So stand your sci-fi loving toes. Back to chases, let's go. Ziz. I'm on a base. Everybody's going to die. They're infected in this base. I'm on a base. We're on a base. I'm on a base. I'm on a base. Trapped in lockdown on this crazy freaking base. Base, yeah. I'm on a base with some vectors, take a look at me. Trying my best to stop the Ziz CDC. Sarah and Alan trying, they can't crack the case. Pretty sure there's an evil plot that's afoot here on this base. Dan found out he's a twin. twin. Get off his face, Dan. Damn. His name is Mixon, now he's mad, and he needs a plan. Pataki's hiding stuff, and Alan's in the dark. Doreen, we miss you, your awesome lines of monkey snark. 
The theories are flying out. Guesses everywhere. Novix wreaking havoc. Giving everybody the ziz. What's this hypothesis that they call a list? There's something evil going on quite ominous. I'm on a base and Julia's killed and her eyes are silver. What is up with that man? Hitaki's Julia's dead, but she does not know. I'm addicted to Helix. Really love this show. Turn the volume up. This just got real. I'm on the base with some vector. Vector. ran away with, with some vectors. Vector. Yeah, vector. It looks like they might be getting smart via the vectors. Yeah, he's got a plan to deal with the vectors. Oh, oh Pete, Pete, if you, you can, can see, see him, him, now. See him now. Mixing chemicals in his Arctic lab. Arctic lab. Gonna find off the wave base. If play got anything, it's possible. Yeah. Never gonna get off this base. It's an infinite wasteland of snow. Yeah. Right. That, that's, that's, that's it, guys. That's I can't. <laughs> you cut it right before I, my uh, one part in this damn song. I have the original lyrics from the on the. It's the actual See, lyrics from the boat. It's got them. both. It's got it's both. Why we folded oh, guys, I think we were clipping audio a lot of that. So <laughs> I, I just, know. I just and and Zach it. was rushing. Uh, I can't. Right. He was so I excited. I know. We're all so. Stoked. I was just trying to keep up. Hey, hey Neil. Fine. Neil, we got <laughs> we got to kick you out of the band. Boat. Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> no, I don't blame you at all. No. We should have done silver eyes. Well, Eat that next apple. Next week. Next have to week. Survive okay. without you, ladies, gentlemen. <laughs> can we settle, please? Uh, okay. Um. Yeah. We. Pre- no. Let's do predictions. Come on. Give me the. Yeah. Give me the sound effect. All right. I love the sound effect. The sound Make effect. time. Yeah. And now. It's pretty cool, right? It is kind of cool. Flashy lights. High tech. All right. uh, Fun fact, we've only killed three people with Caesars. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, Liz, uh, next week, thoughts, prayers, hopes? Uh, I'm really excited, not just because, Neil, you're here, but I'm very excited we're going to see Peter again. I wonder if, you know, I want to see how the vectors have progressed, how they function you know, will they even talk? And then what is the exact, what's the showdown that's going to happen? Um, it, I think I think we're, we might find out more about Sergio and, yep. and his background. Yep. And uh, yeah, basically, I'm really stumped. This episode stumped me. I have no idea what's going to happen at this point. This is part of the reason why I love this show so much. Great. Yes. Zach? Um, I think we're going to find out that uh, Peter has a lot more control over the other vectors than, we, than he has yeah. previously. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be discovering that he is some sort of like semi-silver Semi-silver, if you will, Interesting. like because he, he's got the, like the the first half of it. He doesn't well, have whatever Julia got he's injected. He's the only with. one who got injected with Narvik A and B. Yeah, and and um uh um what the thing the 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 thing is supposed Sodra. to cure Sodra. Sodra. Yeah, I think so. Sodra. Maybe maybe he starts to take the vectors and put them in a position. This is wild theory that like maybe now Hataki and Julia cannot control the vectors. That'd wild be cool. Theory. Wild theory. Wild wild. Yeah. Steven. Um. I don't know. I think it's interesting that uh, that the that the vector was going for the food. I think there was more to that than just trying to infect all the food. I think that lower level Ooh. they're going to be catacombing it out to kind of build up a force. They probably wanted the food to take the food down to lower level. They know that Peter is progress, and they want to steal him to lead them to fight everybody. Also, but, didn't they say in the preview for next week's episode that like all of them were just gone? Like yeah. out of no, the- they're in that lower level, is what I yeah. yeah they say yeah. That. So okay, I also think that the end of the season will show Sergio martyring himself to blow up the base. 
Okay, mm-hmm. I like this Ooh. prediction. We'll ask Mark Ganame on Wednesday. I think we're going to see uh, Peter in kind of the locutus uh, position, like a, a Star Trek, the Borg, and Captain Picard was made the emissary of the Borg. Regardless, your dork um, is showing. It is. It's it's a large dork. Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm so excited. I'm so glad that you, you were able to come out and do this, Neil. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my for pleasure. coming on the show. I love the show. I gave it a five star rating Yay! when I was on iTunes. Thank and you. I think everyone should. Again. All right. That's right. <laughs> it's right. a brilliant time. Thank All right. You. A big thank you to Neil. Uh, so we're going to be doing the interview with uh, Mark Anime on Wednesday. It should be posted by Wednesday night. Hopefully I'm not perjuring myself uh, when I say that, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Big thanks again to Neil. Uh, where can the people find you on online, Neil? Uh, I am at Neil Napier. That is my Twitter handle, and I'm lurking around the interweb. Okay. Yes. Do you have anything else that you want to plug while you're here? Um, anything else anyone can check out? Um, X-Men in the uh, will be coming out in May, and I got a cool little part in X-Men Yay. Days of Future Past. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Can uh, you tell us who nope. you are? No. Nope. All right. All right. It's, All right. It's, quite, it's a little part, but it's pivotal, and it's cool. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yes, and it was okay. a lot of fun. So I think uh, May 18th or whatever. I think that's right. Memorial Day. Day weekend is that? I, I think that's right. I think Somewhere. May eighteenth. Check your local right. listings. Okay, yeah. uh, Lizzie, Liz, where can the people find you? Hey everyone, you can find me on Twitter at Lizzie Maui. That's L I Z Z Y M A W Y, and you can find me on Instagram at the same. Same thing, yeah. Okay, Zach Wilson. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Zach Wilson, and uh, also here at AfterBuzz on Grim Archer and uh, Almost Human. Yeah, and also the new Resurrection uh, podcast. Yeah, coming, coming up soon in a March few weeks. March Okay, Stephen. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S T P H E N L E M I U X, or here weekly doing the Helix After Show and pushing us 15 minutes after with shenanigans. Yeah, okay. So uh, he's already going to hate me. I have a lot of stuff to say. Uh, if you want to follow me, <laughs> never, mu- never mute me again. Uh, I'll make this show last forever. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and I imagine that you do, you're, you're very intelligent. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also find me here on AfterBuzz TV on a bunch of great stuff. Uh, Almost Human with Zach Wilson. Uh, got sci- uh, another sci-fi show, Lost Girl, that I do. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Banshee. Banshee on Cinemax. Thank you. Justified, Cougar Town. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be on that Resurrection show with Zach. And if you like the comedy of Matt Lieberman and you like hearing him rap, uh, we just released a video, 99 Problems But So Cheap and one. Yes, we just released. Uh, you can find it on both of our Twitter feeds yeah. or uh, my Twitter. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. Liz posted it as well. <laughs> it is a fun little sketch, it's a parody song yeah, about the Matt Winter and Olympics. I collaborated on. Um, check it out. Yeah, he did great work on it. You should check that out. Also, if you're in LA and you love live comedy, you can come see me perform at the IO West Comedy Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. That's six three six six Hollywood Boulevard. Sunday, March 9th at nine p.m. I'm going to be performing as a member of DJ Fawcett. We just won. Uh, the Sketch Cage Match Ooh. Championship uh, as, as a part of the L.A. Scripted Comedy Fest. We're doing a great show. If you're in L.A., check it out. Uh, another big thanks to Neil Napier for joining us. We'll Yay. be back on Wednesday and then uh, next Monday with our regularly scheduled podcast. You can also find Matt on the Matt Plugs Himself podcast. Uh, if we start that podcast, I will totally make it at least 45 minutes long. Just saying. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. See you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.